Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast, where we join you every Saturday night right here on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Pod Bay FM, TuneIn Radio, Castroller, and more. Every Saturday, we watch a movie that's chosen by the batting, the chosen by our batting lineup, and uh, we watch it. We talk about it right here for your listening, enjoyment, and edification. I'm surrounded by the internet radio superstars or the internet radio superstar regulars. Uh, I'm irregular. <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not, but it's Nick and Travis. And I'm Colin. We're down a couple tonight. Sean may be joining us in a little bit. And tonight it was Travis's movie. Travis, what did we watch tonight? We picked Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Holy cow. What year was this made? Good question. Well, I think we I'm were looking guessing, at the end I'm of the 90, 94. I think it was 93. 93. Is it 93, Nick? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who directed it? Just it was directed by Bruce Tim and a guy by the <laughs> name of Rudineski. Right. I, I, I can't figure this that out. Is well, I guess that's significant that you remember Bruce Tim. Now, why is he significant in the world of Batman? Well, Bruce Tim is the main like art director behind the Batman the Animated Series that started in uh, 92-ish, I want to say. Was Bruce Tim? I mean, was he a comic book artist before this? Or did uh, he work I, on the Batman. I think he's comics. I mean, I'm pretty sure he did some comics before Batman, but I want to say, I mean, I'm pretty sure he worked solely in the animation. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, so this is like the fanboy dream kind of thing that he got. To- I think so. Yeah. Same with Paul Dini, the writer who uh, was responsible for uh, writing a uh, majority of the Batman show. Yeah, this movie was 93. 93, 93 okay. So it was probably like, like what shit, right after the first year of it starting, really. Yeah. So we're saying, what, the show took off in 92? Well, I guess maybe, okay, let's do this, right? Can we go back in time and maybe put us in the headspace of where Batman is at this point in 1993? Okay, in 93. Because I grew so, up well, we with just had the, Batman Returns. Yeah, so I mean, I'm saying that like I grew up. Batman was a completely different character in the 1960s. I grew up with the 60s repeats, right? right. Batman and then in the series in '86. Uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight came out. The fu- bleak, futuristic, okay. you know, and it, you know, I looked at Batman from a uh, an adult perspective, and I kind of just like clicked with everybody. Where it's like, oh my god, yeah, that's a good idea to treat Batman like a. <laughs> Like a real fucking idea. Well, what, mm-hmm. was it was it giving Batman like a psychological depth that it's, he didn't have before? Yeah, because he wasn't ever portrayed as a psychotic. You know, he no. wasn't portrayed as the same as his villains, right? And it was mm-hmm. Frank Miller who you know doesn't believe in anything good, or you know, <laughs> but uh, Frank Miller had done Sin City prior to that. Yeah, no, that was afterwards. Sin City, yeah. Oh, yeah, way afterwards. Oh, okay. Since City was 90s, and uh, Dark Knight was, like, 86. So if Frank Miller had done, like, Daredevil. Oh, okay. And, you know, I don't know if he was really only known for Daredevil at that point. But uh, but he brought a kind of a bleak sensi- to, uh, sensibility to the world of Batman. 
Yeah, just that. Well, really, other than that affected the way Tim Burton made, mm-hmm. you know, his Batman movie with Michael Keaton. I wonder if that was like, you know, because I mean, I'm not all that, you know, versed in the comics, but I mean, like the pre Frank Miller. Now we're looking at, I mean, Batman's been around since what, like 30? Since 19, like 40. 40? Mm-hmm. A year after Superman. But yeah, I don't remember uh, Batman being like a tortured character or anything in those no, old comics. it really comics. wasn't. It was really a way to like refresh in the character, right? Because you had, you know, you had like, oh my God, Sean just showed up. <laughs> we just started. Awesome. Good, I just finished. Okay, so, so... Uh, just a quick like history. So yeah, Batman started in the forties. He was like a bleak character for really only a few Ooh. issues. You know, used a gun, killed people. You know, it was almost like a very. He was the shadow. Really, he was a, right. he was a yeah, copy yeah, of the yeah. shadow. And uh, then they're like, "Well, we need to sell these to kids, so you know, we're gonna give him a kid partner, and you know, make things chummy and." And then when that book, Seduction of the Innocent, came out and, you know, they were blamed for, you know, Batman and Robin were homosexuals, you know, you know, these two. It was like, was it the 50s? Yeah, that was the 50s. Was Frederick uh, Wortham or something like that, something right? He was like a psychologist that. who determined that all of society's ills could be tracked back to comic Co- books. books were the cause of Juno and the Lincoln Right, you know? yeah, yeah. And, but then, like, I mean... Even back then, I mean, I mean, Batman was a big character, but he was treated pretty much, I don't know, very differently than the way we see him now. There was a right. chapter serial, I want to say in 41 or 42, where uh, to me it, it seemed like it was just kind of like pro-American propaganda for the war because like Batman like – answer directly to a, a government authority of like what we're gonna do we're gonna stop a, bomb, a, a nazi spy you know or whatever the red phone yeah mm-hmm. you no know, this was uh <laughs> yeah it was close to that but then uh because then the even the 60s tv show was not this wasn't representative of the comic book no back. because no, even was, that, that was, was like camp. making was. fun of it well because even the even the comics had gotten campy there's a big thing like after world war to comic books, you know, because comic books were always dark and gritty because they were about the mob and, you know, everything was the whole prohibition thing, right? Mm. So mob reign and all that jazz. Well, then after World War II, you know, it's like, fuck, how do you go from fighting the mob to fighting Nazis to where do you go back to fighting the mob? That's where the creation of the supervillain came in. Like, oh, we need something that's going to live up to the yeah. standard of, of Hitler, Nazis. Right? You know? Yeah. 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 Take over the world. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think. Uh, but at the same time, the comics became toned down. They always say comics reflect what's going on in society. So after World War Two, you had all the soldiers coming back and everybody's just starting families. So, I mean, comic books like Superman and Batman became very, I mean, fucking very weird and domesticated in a weird way. You know, (laughs) it was, it was just not really like thrills and adventure. And I think that's when they decided to come up with the kid show idea to kind of like poke fun at the idea of like a guy that dresses up as a bat, (laughs) you know, fucking stupid. Well, yeah, because it was, uh, you know, it was a marked contrast to the Superman TV show with how they treated because that was 
serious, right? I mean, it was a yeah. kid's show, but it was yeah. with respect to the character. But the Batman <laughs> TV show was like, biff, bam, pow. Oh, yeah. Which you was know, also, like, if you're right looking there. at <laughs> almost- I, I just got the box set for Christmas, and we've been we've been binging on it pretty hard. And it's it's some gold. Oh, yeah, stuff that's that's there, a recent man. thing that the, the TV show from the 60s yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, they, they, they just finally released it. Yeah. That'd yeah been- that was one of the, the, the big box sets that everyone had been clamoring for was mm-hmm. that. And finally someone won the rights for it and they got it out. It's all looking all shiny, brand new on Blu-ray. And- well, I remember it was a cult thing like at the time, even because like all well, the major movie stars would show up for like a mm-hmm. one episode appearance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's so funny. As, as much as it gave Batman attention, in a weird way, almost almost killed the idea of it right mm-hmm. right because everybody thought that that's what batman was this, like fucking stupid oh, yeah. like biff pam well wow. dude i remember when the 89 batman came out there were there was a significant i would say a marketing push you know i mean they brought the people from the 68 or 66 back batman on the today show and stuff like that and they were trying to basically explain to the audience that it's like be, mm. you know mm-hmm. this is very different you know yeah. we're not doing the campy old batman this isn't Prove your mama's batman michael <laughs> <Yeah>. keaton <laughs> 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 we're yeah. totally serious about this i wonder if the outrage was similar between going from 60s or the 50s batman to Burton's Batman, as it was going from what we knew before that, and to Nolan's Dark Knight, mm-hmm. darker, grittier Batman. As I wonder if there was that much. No, I don't remember. I just remember it being, you know, that they, that there was some conversation about it. But I mean, once the movie came out, I yeah. mean, you know, I think it was like all that kind of lead up hype. Like, what's it going to be? Mm. It well, looks like this dark gothic. Can you take your kid to it? I think that was the the, yeah. the thing. It was like, well, there, Batman think, is for kids, and this doesn't. This looks scary. And my kid might not. Like I think it. people were just like, it's better not be like the Adam West series that Batman Forever and Batman and Robin with Joel Schumacher. You know, <laughs> clearly <laughs> made a represent. It's like, what the fuck? How would yeah. you? You went back in time. You made the movies they were afraid of making <laughs> with the two Tim Burton movies. It's fucking insane. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, because my dad was running projection out at Cherryville when uh, the Tim Burton Batman came out. And it, it was that week, that opening weekend. And, you know, he's like, you know, come on out with me and, you know, you can watch the new Batman. And I was blown away by how dark and, you know, gritty that movie was, you know, from watching the the reruns of right. uh, the, yeah. the Adam West Batman series and that. And I was like, wow. And then from there, I was hooked. I was Batman, Batman, Batman. And I, and I think it comes from generations, right? It comes from the reason we find more intellectual ideas to instill in these characters is, you know, I'm sure like kids in the 30s and 40s and 50s, they kind of like grew out of comics. But then when you had, once you had kids that actually wanted to grow up, like specifically their career to make comics, you know, they, they treat the subject matter a little bit more seriously than they start interjecting, you know, mm-hmm. more mature themes because well, it almost seems like, you know, I mean, like if, if Batman came out of like the world war two era, right. Where, I mean, it was a time of like, you know, America heroism and mm-hmm. the, the guy who was going after global domination, Sometime in the 60s, you go through the JFK assassination, you go through the, the Manson family thing, you go through Watergate. I mean, like, this, the spirit of that optimism gets broken. And so where does that leave Batman? In some ways, like, the I, the concept behind 
the idea of the character, right? Is this kind of like dark Avenger? Like he's almost the guy who's sitting there, you know, waiting for this uh, psychology to be poured into him. Yeah, right? right. you know. So it's like it seems like that decade or the fallout from that decade like made the character the Batman. You know, but but if, but if anything, it's because Frank Miller lived through. Right. That. You know, yeah, as well yeah, as yeah, Frank yeah. Miller lived through that time, then interjected that because I mean, then people like like Denny O'Neill, he really changed Batman even before Frank Miller. Writers like Denny O'Neill really. Uh, you know, start adding more, mat- you know, mature themes. Like he created Ra's al Ghul and all that jazz. And but yeah, it was really Frank Miller that I think started giving the idea that Batman might be as fucked up as the villains he fights and <laughs> might actually have like a codependency on mm-hmm. these people. And yeah, yeah. And so I remember the animated series coming out after Batman Returns. <clears throat> That's mm-hmm. the first thing I saw. I before I think I saw the. TV show later on, and definitely the cartoons afterwards. But I think my family took me to go see Batman Returns, and that was my f- first experience with Batman. Pretty sure, and that was kind of that was very interesting. Well, the TV show, the animated series, then is kind of interesting because I mean it is, you know, I'm using the word codependent because you just said it, I guess. But I mean it is kind of codependent on the Tim. What was established visually by the Tim Burton movies, well, right? Totally. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the music mm-hmm. by Shirley Walker... Is like the Danny Elfman. like Danny yeah. Elfman. Yeah. And there were, there, they had a HBO special when uh, this movie came out. And it was called, like, Behind the Mask or something like that. And they, they actually said that if there was no Tim Burton Batman, this show would have never gone anywhere. Yeah. And I imagine because that thing was so hot at the time, and I guess that was the cycle of films that they were doing, that it just kind of took like I mean it's it's like Batman seems to in this medium anyway the drawn medium right or the the animated medium mm. seems to fit really well within like the Art Deco yeah uh, design you know because I'm <clears throat> like watching this movie tonight and I'm like what year does this take place all the yeah. TVs right. are black mm-hmm. and white people still wear fedora the cars hats. are old you're watching Metropolis mm-hmm. you're like is this what's laying? they've <laughs> got those yeah. suits with the like the baggier pants and everything yeah, and the, the trench coats yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, it is, is of that Tommy I mean, guns and shit. It's German expressionism by way of, you know, whatever Tim Burton did with, I mean, again, Anton first, whoever the production designer was on, on Batman, right? Somewhere they made, was that done in the comics or was that the Tim Burton movie that they said, let's take the Art Deco, you know, World's Fair type, uh, World of the Future and well, I think, make this timeless I mean, I world Batman, of Batman the animated series got that Art Deco thing from the Max Fleischer Supermans. I really think that's what they're... Because Max Fleischer Supermans, even though they were made in in the 40s, are some of the most beautiful cartoons you'll ever see in your Mm -hmm. life. And I think they just wanted to recreate that feel. Mm -hmm. And also, like you said, create like a time displacement, right? Where you're not in your world. It doesn't look like Tim Burton's Batman world. No, there's no... It's not... Gothicy and twisty. Well, yeah, and they and didn't even make Batman like all black or anything. You know, he's got the. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, is he all black at that one point in the movie? Where he's, for, he's where he's first trying black? everything on. Like I know he's in shadow, but it looks yeah, like it, it he, almost feels more like everything's black. Yeah, like the first suit a, was all black. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. something like seemed that. a little weird. Because I always thought the whole like black on blue. Well, the blue is supposed to represent black. Mm. 
but the right, light on the black. But then when they, but then like in the whatever the third or fourth season of the show when they do go all black, it's like, well, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like the third and the fourth season, they they couldn't afford to. To no more blue. Ma- yeah, I think it's like, <laughs> colors. We're gonna cut down on one color. Well, I think the, it's gonna be blue. The, you know, the the art direction and stuff that they had in season one and two was too costly to produce more of those episodes. So they said to cut costs down. They went with a different art direction. That's why the characters even look different from season you know two yeah, to three. Huh. Now, what's like really important about the animated series before we like get into the movie? Is I want to say the the creators not only did they create a show that really felt like like really like I don't, it, they didn't necessarily just copy things they really created something that would become the staple the foundation that a lot of Batman fans you know me as a young kid I really looked to this show as like holy sh- I mean. Sometimes it's hard for me to go back and watch some of these episodes, but there's like mm-hmm. tentpole episodes of this show that I swear to God they even like spent more money on, like mm-hmm. with the Clayface. Oh, Clayface yeah. is the one I remember. The Clayface Origin is yeah one of the the best ones. That's the, the one Mr. I Two Face Origin. Mister Freeze mm-hmm. never had an origin until this show. Like Mister mm-hmm. Freeze had been a character. I mean, that's really like I think that's the power of storytelling through comic books is. Is the idea that it takes sometimes a character could be introduced in the fucking sixties and not get an origin until the until fucking like thirty to forty years mm-hmm. later, you know, or one that it's like, well, that's the staple one, that's the one that's right. going to stick in everyone's head, and just like Clayface, there's been like three Clayfaces in the comic book, but I really couldn't fucking yeah. tell you one from one. But Batman the animated show had a clear definition oh, of definitely. of this fucking of this guy, I, right? I, I have two younger sons and, you know, they're they're big time into the Batman and they're all always asking me, you know, how did this person become this one? I and I go, Well, let's go to the Bible. I call <laughs> I call this my Bible. I'm like, okay, let's bust open the animated series and, you know, we'll go to this person's origin. I'm like, from for me, this is how I know these characters is from the the animated series. So are we saying we think that it's a generational thing that this became like the definitive uh, telling of the Batman story? Like this for a lot of people, the, yeah. yeah. It outstrips yeah. the comics. Then, like this, you go to this over well, the comics. Well, well, what's easily time? accessible for kids at that yeah, time? That's, that's almost the another, Saturday morning cartoon that they're seeing all the time. It's, it's easier to, to go than than going to get comics and everything and yeah. learning that as way. a kid. So I, ne- I never, I never had comics when I was a kid. You know, it was always the movies or TV and mm. and. You know, like I said, once I hit Tim Burton, you know, uh, that movie, ever since then, I've been addicted to Batman. Mm -hmm. And historically, comics have always, you know, shit. After after Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie, they tried to introduce the idea of Spider-Man having his, like, webbing actually be one of his powers. Mm. They tried it, but people didn't fucking take to it. That was Ultimate, wasn't it? Because... I'm Wasn't sorry? that an Ultimate storyline? No, that's a... Uh, or was that in, yeah, that's that's mainstream? Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah they, cause just because they always <laughs> want to represent... They want the book on the shelf to represent sure. products on television and movies, which sucks because sometimes it's the, you know, the tail wagging the dog. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes. <laughs> like, it's the idea that the kids, probably most of our audience is going to come at it from the visual, you know, whatever, the TV show. 
or yeah. whatever. And mm-hmm. when they come to look for the comic, like, that why, thing why better represent this? what they like about yeah. the TV show. Yeah, yeah. that's but why that is interesting, right? That the comic has to change itself. It's weird, yeah. right? Because I mean, you the thing that influenced the thing, yeah, that is now well, influencing the thing. Yeah. And just, well, well, you it, could always go back. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> when Tim Burton's Batman came out, they tried to introduce once again. They tried to introduce the idea of Joker actually being a guy named Jack Napier and shit like that. But mm-hmm. people just like the like no origin a little. He just better. appeared. Well, is it in the animated series? Is where they came up with Harley Quinn, right? And and, yeah. and from there, Harley Quinn just blew up. You know, hmm. Another thing, yeah. Fans you loved know. her. Now she's got her own comic book. She's well, shit, Suicide Squad. She's Suicide basically Squad. the star of the Suicide Squad. There's yeah, there's no yep. reason Suicide Squad would be made if it wasn't. For so Harley if there Quinn. wasn't the animated series, that was a character that they had made for that. Really? Huh. And we want to have Harley Quinn. Yeah, I'll be damned. What a genius idea, right? For yeah. Joker to have a female psychic. Uh, because she was originally only <laughs> supposed to be in one episode, but the the fan base liked her so much that they ended up bringing her back in. Mm-hmm. Huh. I was unaware of that too. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, we owe a lot to this animated series. I know that's what it's. Uh, well, I mean, also, I guess you like know, I said, saying, it's if it's if it's a definitive thing, then you know, I've heard throughout the years. I mean, obviously, I've played some of the video games and all this, but the two, at least two of the actors oh, yeah. from this show, mm-hmm. are considered as giving like the definitive performances yeah. of Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. Mm-hmm. Is Batman, and and nobody can beat. Mark Hamill as the voice of the Joker. Yeah. That's why I have them both immortalized. I have I have the animated series Batman on this arm, and I have the animated series Joker on this arm. This is Nick super fan. Super, yep. super the fan. Tattoos. Super the fan. tattoos. One on each That's time. pretty much the all the be all end alls. Like, are you a fan? Well. Well. I marked my body with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean some of that I mean, as far as calling something a definitive portrayal, is it because that that was well, because of, like you have an idea of what the character is because of the comics. And when you hear this guy perform it, uh, this is the voice that I've always heard in my head. Or is it because, I mean, now we're saying that these guys have been doing this for like 20, we're saying 20 years, right? Yeah. yeah. 20. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a long time. Long right? time. I mean, to be, so it's just, is it because they've had more time in the character gone through all the different highs and lows of the characters. I think sometimes it's like now it's just anchored in your head. It's like, that's the fucking guy who went through, you know, like, God, I can't believe I forget the name of the guy that played Superman on the radio show, Bud something. Ah, fuck. But that guy, you know, he was Superman because he did the, this looks like a job for Superman, you know, changed his voice. And like, (laughs) yeah, Kevin Conroy has a Bruce Wayne and a Batman. He kind of has like his, you know, well, hello, la la la. Then his Batman, you know, Mm -hmm. Alfred, blah, blah, blah. Like he, well, and, uh, well, yeah, fuck, he just is, right? <laughs> well, That's I it, yeah. everybody has their Batman, right? Yeah. Adam West or yeah. Kevin Conroy. But, I mean, Kevin Conroy is to Batman what Christopher Lee is to Dracula, right? The guy that's been per, per, just portraying that character for longer than anybody else has. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said earlier, uh, when we were talking, you know, uh, the the third Batman game, the Batman are origin Arkham Origins. They got new, they changed the voice. They didn't changed they? the voices for Batman and the Joker, and it, I the game was unplayable for me just because <laughs> of the voices. Sucks. Yeah, and that shows you how popular this was because those voices got dragged into the video games. Yeah, so many years on, Kevin yeah. Conroy's voice in Batman in two of what were the most popular video games of those years, and he hadn't done it at those at that point. Mark Hamill hadn't been the Joker. Kevin Conroy hadn't been Batman in how long? At the time, uh, of yeah, before that, Return of the Joker was before so. those. Yeah. Yeah. 
before well, those games, Kevin right? Because '96, I think, was the last year of the animated series. Damn. But he was also, but Kevin Conroy was Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. Right. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how long those led. Didn't that, didn't last yeah. that long? But there was movies, like you said, Return of the Joker was a Batman Beyond. Movie. Right. Was there a Justice League with Superman? Justice League cartoon that ba- Kevin Conroy was. So he, I mean, he's just been Batman for. Right. And they the, put out those animated ones on DVD, like in Walmart, like yeah. all the time. But th- and those, but he was only Kevin Conroy was only Batman in those for like. Mm, like the first few years, and yeah. now if you go anything like New Fifty Two, yeah, like uh, DC cartoons doesn't have Kevin Conroy, even though he's still going to come back for Killing Joke. Well, this is a phenomenon too that now that that you have you know DC and Marvel you know have these direct to video animated movies that are produced without the idea of going theatrically, right? Mm. They f- figured out that there was... They can do, like, a PG-13. Is there any R-rated? No, just PG-13. Mm-hmm. But there's PG-13 rated, you know, geared towards older, you know... Is that, like, the Dark Knight Returns animated one they released? Right. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that seems like that's still, a, you know, to me, a recent phenomenon. I would say within, like, 10 years? Yeah, yeah. 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 oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. So this thing, right, is... Could have been did, the predecessor. Did this start? Well, I saw this in the theater, so I mean, it did actually play. Yeah, which is crazy. Seventy-six minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think it was the like theater. a cartoon, full-length movie. Like it could have been fucking seventy-four minutes long. Like that's not a full-length movie. <laughs> seventy-four minutes. But I think they padded. I, I think. Oh, they I'm sure. Did, there's I'm a fucking sure long there like blues some... song at the end by Tim <laughs> Carrera. No, I mean like a like a uh, Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny cartoon. That would have been nice. I wish I would have seen this in theater. Well, but did it start off? I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, was this? Uh, you know, I saw like the Transformers and GI Joe movies or whatever, where it seemed like those were stitched together. You know, like a couple episodes of the show. Did this begin as like we're gonna do like a you know special? Transformers or? the movie look like a stitched together like a few couple episodes. episodes of the show. Yeah, because the, that's it's insane. The, no well, way. No, that's it's gr- the the arcs of the like something starts and then. Wraps up with a cliffhanger. But just the, how does this connect to the animated yeah. well, series? Every twenty like, minutes, there's a cliffhanger. The, so that's why I'm like, this, this is where this you end. Right, and right, the yeah. next step is come back. I was going to say because the animation quality. Like, I don't want to start talking about Transformers well, the movie. Uh, <laughs> the animation quality of Transformers the movie Galvatron. is like fucking superb compared to the show, where this does look like three episodes strung together. Like that's my only fault of this movie is that. Like, I don't know if they did think it was going to be. I mean, I think they knew it was going well, to be. Well, originally, the, the the movie idea that they were going to put out was the the story arc of how Two-Face became Two-Face. That was going to be the original uh, movie that they were going to put out at the theaters. But uh, they wanted to introduce a new character. So they went and uh, made up this uh, the new character of... Uh, of the fan Which they never even like continued her. No. I mean, she returns in one episode of Justice League Unlimited. They don't continue her, and they don't name her in this movie. Like she's the the phantasm is only in the title of this movie. Yeah, right. I just thought that was interesting. It's just like she's not like known as the phantasm. It's just she's there. <clears throat> so the reason this movie is so important to me is two reasons. One is I think it's the only. Uh, 
like love story for Batman that makes sense to me. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask you about because yeah. it's a love story with Batman, <laughs> and I know how you feel about that. This is how like, and it's almost him like, this. do I? Can I give it up? Can I be happy? And it's but almost the getting fact into that, that territory. Before he's Batman is what makes okay. it work. The fact that that this is Bruce Wayne dealing with a a old girlfriend returning who like could have been the girl that would have stopped his plans to become Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to fucking be a ninja at night. It's going to be great, Alfred. <laughs> you know, me and you, pal. Then he meets this fucking, this, this Andrea. Boma. Boma Andrea. Boma, which I think if you're, Andy. For, if you're, if you're upper class New York, you're Andrea. If you're, yeah. if you're Midwest, you're Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. going out of here. Which I want to say Andrea Boma is named after Andrea Romano, the voice caster. The voice casting director oh, for like all of the DC movies, even now. Oh yeah, like from back from Batman the animated series, from Superman the animated series. She's doing a good job. Let's yeah, say well, that she does a great job. <laughs> because I was watching this, and I'm because um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm watching it going, and I'm picking out the voice. I'm like, that's Hart Bachner, Stacy Keach, Ava Goda. Ava Goda. It's all just popping back. I'm like, damn, this is pretty good. Yeah. Aaron Dick Miller there at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's why I was like, who, uh, like on the, on the actual weekly show, then, I mean, did they have voice actors of that caliber? No. None no. of those characters were. Well, not the character. I mean, just those actors. Because, I mean, those are like, you know, I mean. Right. Ava Goda could have a recurring thing some, on the animated show. And he's not doing much, right? Yeah. Or but was I mean, it? to get Stacey Keach or whatever. I mean, Stacey Keach, I would assume, is a get for like an animated yeah. thing, you know? Sure, they're walking around Warner Brothers one day, and they're just like, "Hey, you!" <laughs> but it's a feature, you, you know. Batman? Yeah. You got a voice, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in pitches? But I like how the the movie starts off with uh, just Batman busting up a uh, little like <laughs> casino. Uh, well, it's a meeting in the top yeah. of a casino. It's mm. a, that's how oh, you start a Batman voiced movie. by I don't remember his name, but Dick fucking. Miller. Oh, is that Dick Miller? Dick Miller oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Chucky, Chucky Soul. Soul. Yes. Yeah. Soul. I was like, ah. Angel of Death awaits. <laughs> so, of course, you know, you're, you're, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a classic vigilante story, right? You got a, a, a evil character that shows up that bumps off some of the characters that Batman's looking into, and he's got to stop the person that's, you know. So this character, I mean, could be, you know, I mean, because that's, I guess, the thing that struck me right at the beginning. It's like it's a the phantasm, I guess we're going to call it. But it's a hooded character that could be a doppelganger for Batman, right? I mean, it's got the flowing mm-hmm. cape. It comes out of the darkness. This one has, like, some kind of fog, uh, you know, thing that comes Mechanism, with Mechanism, yeah. Yeah. And a, and a like a skull shaped mask, but the uh, idea that it's quite right, it's breaking up, you know, <laughs> because when you initially see it, it's like, you know, and you're assuming that the gangsters hand. are the bad guys, mm-hmm. and so this is a vigilante, not unlike Batman, stepping mm-hmm. into this, but crosses a line, <laughs> <laughs> the one line. Yeah, into Be- because it was actually killing people, and Batman doesn't kill people, <laughs> right? So Batman has to deal with a little bit of that. That's what also makes this movie interesting. I like you get the Gotham people like, 
there's Batman, you know, like, right. as soon as someone gets murdered. That's what's really fun about the whole Batman animated series in this. I like the fact that the cops are always after him, you know. Of course, like, Jim Gordon's like, I won't have any part of it. Yep. Bullock <laughs> doesn't like him at all. Yeah, Bullock fucking hates him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what makes it, because I haven't seen the show, so, I mean, and I know that, you know, the Jim Gordon traditionally has been always in Batman's corner. Mm. But, like, he blindly, in this one, or, you know, it's not blindly, he knows. Batman did it, do it. Yeah, they, he just there's like there's no way I'm gonna believe this that Batman did this. What happened? Maybe this is a bigger conversation, but I mean, what happened that solidified this guy's belief that this character in a mask, you know, <laughs> who shows up would not ever cross a line and kill somebody? He's totally in control, you know. Because Gotham is such a corrupt city, Jim Gordon understands why a vigilante needs to be the one to actually like. You know, go out and get justice because you can't like. I mean, that's what I like about the Chris Nolan universe is the Chris Nolan universe really solidified what Batman fans have known forever, right? Just that idea that the reason you need a Batman in Gotham is because everybody's corrupt. The fucking cops are corrupt. The politicians are corrupt. You know, Jim Gordon and Batman are not corrupt. Those are the only people you could fucking count on. And Bullock. Bullock's an asshole. Mm-hmm. But he's, right. a good he's a good guy. Who cop. is he? He's the fat, like, yeah, he's always oh, the bigger oh, guy that's okay. like, He's the one that's right. always going after yeah, Batman okay. in the animated series. He's kind of the right. main like mm-hmm. cop protagonist. Okay. He's in Gotham too, yeah, right? Brought him in Gotham. Yeah, he's, yeah, in Gotham. he's, he's Donald. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, what's his nuts? That know. guy. The you guy, know that uh, guy. Comic book man. <laughs> yeah, 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 that guy. Comic book man. Comic book. Comic book. Uh, uh, is it Donald movie? Logue? Donald Logue, yeah. Donald, Donald Logue. Logue. Comic book villain. Comic book villain, yeah. But he plays right. an ass in the TV series. He's too, always but, an asshole. But yeah, he's, 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 he plays on the good side. <laughs> he's a good guy, yeah. He's a good is guy. that guy from the comics or is he from the animated he, show? He's from the he's comics. He's from the comics. Yeah, Bullock's uh, <laughs> another character created from the show is Renee Montoya, but yeah. she was not in this. But I want to say she was in, was it? No. I don't know. She became a big character. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the reason I like... I mean, so so what? Batman's looking after these dudes getting these gangsters getting knocked off, mm-hmm. and you know, pretty much finds it goes back to his old flame, Andrea Beaumont's father, is what links these. You know, your father started a, a you know a whatever a business with these guys, and now they're getting bumped off. So Batman thinks, oh, you know, it's her father <laughs> that is. Uh, that's uh, yeah, come a, back yeah, to because uh, yeah. he like owed him money and all this jazz, and I think that scene where Batman, because you know Batman's pissed that he's watching her on a date with uh, this uh, senator guy. That's J- Reeves. Yeah, Reeves. Yeah, oh, the councilman. Yeah, yeah, the yeah councilman. Yeah. Yeah. Councilman. And you know when Batman meets her back, and she says something about her father. He's like, "You said your father was this, 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 whatever." And she's like, you had me bogged. Is that it? It's like, I read lips. Then read them now. Get out. I was like, holy fuck. That's how you talk back to Batman. You know, that's a really cool scene. Just because, you know, I mean, I like that Batman doesn't just see his old flame and like, I'm going to fall in love again. No, he's mm. there to have a case settled. You know, he's like, I, mm. your father's killing people. It doesn't matter if we like Batman don't even fucking mention whatever happened. He don't even ask, like, why didn't you like get a hold of me after your father and you let 
No, he's fucking Batman. He don't give a shit. That was a really cool dynamic because, I mean, the way that the movie structured, you know, obviously, I guess if you watched it, you know that, you know, it's a series of flashbacks. And Mm -hmm. I think the the scene before that is the flashback where the romance kind of ends tragically. She has to leave the country because of something that her dad's involved in. And then the next scene felt like it was, you know, the reunion of these two people who you haven't seen each other for the entire time that he's been Batman, apparently. So Mm -hmm. God knows how long that's been going on and it's just you know they're in love this first time you know when we last saw them and now the dynamic has totally changed where she you know they're just very cold to each other it's like they know who they each other is well he doesn't know she's the right the phantasm but just the way that they deal with each other in that scene you're like whoa like what actually happened between and there is that and they're like all business it's like he's just he's batman at that point and how she knows he's batman is they explain in that in that flashback that like bruce wayne is talking to the uh the tombstone of uh his parents and she is also talking to this is like this is why the phantasm to me looks like batman right is we're kind of dealing with the same psyche right mm-hmm. people that talk to their dead relatives <laughs> yeah yeah and like you know make vows and shit <laughs> and uh yeah so but then like later when bat after like another character gets murdered in the cemetery batman just stops by you know he can't you know if batman can get out of the cemetery without stopping by the fucking wayne uh plot like i'm sure it'd be a cold day at home so then of course she's there and she like i i I like that's a good way to get a character in the know like really quickly right right? like you don't have to go through this whole fucking her being a detective or no she just understands the veil where you're just like here's my uh my bat cave yeah, yeah let's right. fuck. Yeah, that's how, like, that's how Vicky Vale uses pussy power hey, to get, like, I'm going to find out who this guy is. Oh. Well, it set it up like it, the movie played like it was a tragedy. And I think that also, you know, that helps when you do tragedy with Batman. Yeah. It just seems Batman like it is tragedy. Yeah, it's tragic. tragic. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like, oh, this is, romance is going to work out. They're going to get married and all that. And then, you know, she has to suddenly. Like take off and leave, but it suddenly had, she's was, in charge of Bane. Always uh, happens. There was a there was a great scene, uh, which I think is like one of the best Batman scenes maybe that I've ever seen. And I don't know if this has been articulated in another movie or story, but at the graveyard, yeah, he's you know it's in the rain of course because I don't think the sun ever comes the out in the <laughs> no. city. Batman only comes out at night. But he's pleading with the grave, the ghost of his. You know, there, <laughs> yeah, there is no dude. ghost, okay? But I mean psychologically the. The memory of his parents. Right. They're like, yes, I promised that I was going to, you know, hunt down, you know, <laughs> you know, do everything I can to stop this from ever happening again. But he says something I think that's key. He's like, you know, but I didn't expect it's not that it doesn't hurt as much as it used to. I'm right. Like, oh, that's, you know, that kills him. <laughs> yeah. That it doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah. It yeah. fucking literally, like, he's betraying their memory. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. that is the best fucking scene, like, of any mm-hmm. Batman thing, because to me, that's the scene where it's like, He's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, right. psychological Dude, issues. It's like, well, geez. even the art on, on on that scene, you know, with the rain coming down on his face, oh, he's got, like and, bags and, under his yeah. eyes. Please, the lightning striking. I need it to be different now. You right? know? Yeah. He's like asking for a release. Does he change what he says? Is like something like I need it to be, or like I want it to be. It is different now, and then it's like I need it to be different now. It's like mm-hmm. there is like a subtle shift. You know, yeah. it's like because the first time he is like it's different now. I think, right? Yeah. In my mind, this is the way it plays. And then he's like, 
please, I need it to be different now. It's like mm-hmm. he can't let go of this thing. Yeah. I like how, like, I mean, whenever they show the tombstone, just a flash of lightning. Yeah, like, 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 an, angry, like an angry tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, I think that's awesome. Well, I mean, that is how I want my Batman. I want my Batman a little like, that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 But I thought that scene wrapped up really cleverly, too, like, you know, because she's obviously there in the grave. Yard and she's over. She's overheard this conversation, and she's like, "Maybe, maybe they are okay with it or whatever. Maybe they sent me. Maybe they you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's an idea. I don't think that it occurred to him or to me. I guess as a viewer watching, it's like, oh, I guess you can you know, work that logic on it. That maybe this all checks out and makes sense. You can give up the Batman." It's all about him giving up the Batman, but Travis. No, I don't no, know why we have about, to wait. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. This is what makes this different. He doesn't even have a Batman because he still knows. Like, I, I don't even think like this movie also doubles as the animated series version to have a year one. You know, this tells mm-hmm. the origin yeah. of Batman at the same time because I think that's fucking awesome, right? He has to choose. You're going to be Batman or you're going to be a family man, dude. And. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess the choice gets taken out of his hands a little bit, you know, because he does choose family, man. He wants to marry her yeah, until yeah. she leaves him. And I like, I also like how they, you know, they double all these things. Like, oh, they go to the World's Fair and he sees the car that looks like the Batmobile. Yeah, that was good. They, uh, when he, he uh, proposes to her, that's when the bats fly out of the cave. And that's when he first discovers the, uh, the cave system. Mm. Yeah, I like, like how the the car looked like the Batmobile. Or that was the car that he, no, he the made car that car into like, the Batmobile. Because like, in the animated series, there's an episode where uh, they do like a flashback of when uh, he gets this mechanic to to build his car for him. Oh, okay. Well, his, right. I thought maybe that, that was easy, but it does look just like it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally broke your train of thought. I know you were working on something too. He discovers the bat caves and uh, oh yeah, and I uh, god damn it, kind of lost it. So yeah, what's next? It's done. done. (laughs) (laughs) Never to be again. Oh shit! So yeah, so he's gonna be Batman for the first, and I don't think we would have. Um, I don't think we would have the uh, Batman Begins like Christian Bale in the ski mask if it wasn't for this Mask of the Fantasm. Yeah, they did do that. No, they did that. That's like kind of part of Batman now. Like before he dressed as a bat, he went out in a black ski mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there was a scene. I remember this. You know, who knows if they were aware of it when they made Batman Begins? But I know that there was a scene written for. Uh, the Tim Burton Batman, where he was in a ski mask for a part of it. I think trying to get out of, uh, when he was trying to get out of Vicki Vale's apartment or something like that, it was written that he pulled on a ski oh, mask, yeah? and then they just didn't do it in the movie, because at that point, I don't think anybody wanted to see, you know, a ski mask-wearing guy. Yeah. <clears throat> when was year one, then? That was a comic book? Because I know there's a movie. Yeah, that was also an animated Miller. <laughs> was year one. That was comic book and this? comic book, and they made an animated something yeah, out of it too. An animated, right? there's there's an animated, but year one the was like novel. maybe a few years after Legends of the Dark Knight, maybe. Wait, after Mask of Phantasm? No, before Mask. No, the of comic Phantasm? book year one was in the eighties. Was well, that the animated? Is after? Was that the? Which did he wear a hood in that the ski mask? No, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think so. I believe he did. 
quite possible. It's been a while since I've read the comics. Before this, I thought I had an image of him with a ski mask, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if that maybe I'm. You know, confusing. Call me a liar. No, I mean, I just, you know, I can't remember when I was first exposed to all this stuff, but that would make sense, I guess, if, uh, you know, if there was a year one. You got to have the guy, he's got to disguise himself somewhere. He's not wearing a clown mask. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, speaking it's of a clowns. progression. <laughs> oh. So I like how, like, so then Joker kind of becomes like the main character for like the second portion of this movie, right? right. Because mm-hmm. you find out that he's, he, his, Whoever he was before the Joker is part of this uh, this yeah. like group of people that uh, Andrea Beaumont's father got involved with, and you know, she, and he killed her father. Ultimately, he was yeah, 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 she yeah. did. Yeah, he was yeah. The, the cleanup guy. Well, I remember at the time. I mean, like when the Joker showed up because it's like more than half yeah. of the running time through it, or at least halfway through the movie. Like, you know, I was familiar with the TV show, but wasn't watching it. And I thought maybe the Joker had been in season one and got put in Arkham Asylum or whatever the hell. <laughs> and then so when he showed up in, in the movie, I was unaware that he was going to be in it. Right. It did kind of change the dynamic of the film once he shows up. Yeah, he he steals the Dude, scenes. I'm, I'm sorry, but Mark Hamill makes the Joker just pop off that screen. <clears throat> even for, where you're like, yeah, fucking Joker's here. <laughs> even for the animated series, I think this Joker is very dark. He's very mm-hmm. dark. You very, know, yeah, just, very. Just the things. Wait, he's, wait, what are we saying? We're saying the, the the one represented in this movie yeah. is darker than what they saw to me in the animated show. At least to me, just because there's the whole there's that scene where uh, Abe Vigoda, what's his name, Saul Valentre, whatever, Salvatore Valentre. Sally V. Sal. Yeah. Vanestra. Where he, uh, where, you know, he's like, Batman wants us dead. You know, he's going to, and uh, he grabs on the Joker and Joker fucking just, there's like that nice, like red color behind (laughs) him. He's like, don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. (laughs) And that's what, I think that's what makes Mark Hamill's Joker the best is Mark Hamill actually has different laughs. For different yeah. emotions of the Joker, he has the <laughs> he has the <laughs> you know he's got all these fucking different mm-hmm. you know. and, and, and in the in the bat the the Arkham series games he gets to take that Joker to a different level of darker level than than he he does here where yeah it's just he actually freaking scares you in the, in the game. Dude, it it freaked me out when because like he kind of comforts uh uh his old buddy. And the guy, like, you know, kind of smiles. And when he goes, that's it, Arturo. That's what I want to see. The <laughs> nice big smile. I mean, Yeah, because they cut like, in for that close-up. Oh, and the close-up is, like, this evil fucking and, thing. And, like, <clears throat> and what the next scene is, like, you think the guy's reading the newspaper and the phantasm comes to kill him or whatever, then pulls the newspaper back and, you know, he's got that fucking, the, the big, like, the grimace, you know. yeah. Which is just awesome, right? The Joker, I mean, he, that was the Joker's friend. It's like, fuck, you don't even want to be friends with the Joker because he, he whatever, he could kill you, use you as bait yeah. or whatever. Well, so I was trying to determine, you know, the the dynamic between the villains in Gotham City. It's like, so this guy knows where the Joker hangs out and can go, like, you can go approach the Joker, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in this world. It's, it's not like all he's, mob mentality. It's all gangs and... That's why, like, oh my god, there was a really funny comment by uh, Max Landis, John Landis. uh, He's like, he's like, Batman is codependent on his. He's like, he's like, when Batman is with Justice League, oh, he can fight, you know, Dooms or you know, whoever, uh, 
uh, Dark Side, whatnot, all yeah. these space. But in his own city, he's like, he can't beat Two-Face. Like, Two-Face is a lawyer <laughs> with a gun, you know? And, like, somehow Batman can't, like, stop that, you know? Yeah. He always needs somebody to fight against, I guess, right? I mean, that's part of his thing. Because that's yeah. why he can't kill them. He has to have them always right. there. Always. He needs them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't be Batman if you don't have a, another twisted uh, psychology to play off of. Otherwise, you're the freak. That's why I even like, I mean, I don't necessarily vouch for this show, but even in Gotham, I do kind of like how it's about Penguin building his, everything's gangs. Mm-hmm. Even though they're ran by psychos, they're still gangs. They have henchmen. They yeah. have everything's about thefts and robberies mm-hmm. and, like, you know. Very little, like, just terrorism. Except for the Joker, right? Joker is pure terror. Mm-hmm. He's just for the fun of it, you know? I love it when, like, you know, the dude's coming up to, for help. Like, Joker, Batman's went crazy. And he's like, wouldn't it be great if I finally driven him off the team? <laughs> you know? Like, Joker doesn't give a shit. I just like the little stuff they did with Joker. Like, there's a callback joke where uh, he starts with the robot, his his wife, at the thing. <laughs> like, he pinches her cheek and he pulls off the bit of skin. And then he puts it in his pocket. But then later on, when he's like coming on to her and everything, and he grabs her ass, and then he just brings up his hand, and he's pulled off another piece of like rotting plastic from the robot from her ass, and he's just like, oh. Like that little joke is <laughs> hilarious to me. Like the little things they did with this are great. Yeah, it's he lives character. in the old like World's Fair mm. or whatever, which we get to see in the previous. in the flashback, I guess. Mm. So I don't know how much time has passed. This is when Bruce Wayne's in. College or something, right? Something, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the the current rotted out version where the Joker lives. It's cool that you would get like a. I mean, I wonder if we want to get to the finale of this movie already, but you know, it's like once you've injected the Joker into the story, there has to be the showdown between the two, and they put him in like they're the Titan, they're the two Titans of Gotham, right? They're battling in this like. Uh, it's like you a know, miniature it's a, city. It's <laughs> like a Godzilla. <laughs> it is. It's like, like yeah. awesome. King Kong versus Godzilla or something. Yeah, it's no, it's really like uh, Batman versus the Joker. Universal used to have this old thing where they, I think uh, it was called Earthquake, where you'd go <laughs> into, it was, you'd go into this little place, and they shot movies on this little set, but it's an, it's an entire city that is like breakaway. It's ready. It's on a stage set to go. You know, they start the earthquake and everything starts falling apart. Streets come up and all that. And that's what it is. It's just like the same version of that. It's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like how well this movie knows the character of Batman. I remember there was the party at the very beginning where uh, he's being a playboy. Yeah, he's doing Mm -hmm. the playboy thing, and the counselor guy goes really bruised. It's almost like you pick him because you know it won't work. You know, it's like fucking genius. You know, it's like that's exactly what Bruce Wayne does. (laughs) Then he excuses himself from the party to go mourn his parents. I mean, that's how crazy this guy is. He's having a party. Be like, excuse me. I need to go look at this picture. I have to stare at the big picture of the mantle. It haunts me. Somehow the big too. picture again, sir? Yes, Alfred. Oh, yeah, sir. <laughs> well, somehow there was a moment that I remember to this day from my first viewing of it where at the beginning where you know Batman breaks up the boardroom meeting or whatever, he, one of the guys gets trapped under a yeah. door. And as Batman comes by, <laughs> the guy's reaching for this gun. <clears throat> he just stomps on him. Ooh. And I'm like... Because I guess that had been like one of those moments that in my dreaming of what the character could be, 
you know, that that was like, you know, how I saw the guy in my head. And that wasn't the Michael Keaton no. guy, you know, but to see that it was like, oh, shit. I mean, that's like <laughs> that's the Batman that I've always wanted to see right there. You know, he doesn't have to kill him, no. but he's not going to be all like, you know, I got to handcuff you and wait for somebody. Mm-hmm. He just stomps the fucking guy with a door. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of badass. Yeah, well, that's pretty great. <laughs> How I, I how comparatively because I don't remember like we said we remember the big the big moments in the animated series but how violent was this movie more violent than the series yeah, ever they, got they were able to up the violence a little bit because uh, it's a lot of blood a lot of tooth getting well, knocked well, down it was shit because uh, Fox had strict rules for their broadcasting for their mm. afternoon kids TV shows sure. and one of the rules were were no blood. And no child violence or something like that. There was like a whole bunch of list of them, but uh, they had to tone down the violence. And well, they got to put this on the big screen, so they sure. got to take advantage of. But I do like how this Batman. Man, it's I mean, still PG, right? PG, 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 is PG well, isn't it? I would say PG, PG. PG. Okay. PG. But I think it made the animated series Batman more. I mean, he's a detective. He really. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the, one of the reasons this Batman means so much to me is. Uh, this is to me one of the last times I've seen the character in his purest form. Now Batman's more of a ninja, you know. He's like a ninja James Bond. They really focus on his martial arts, his martial arts, his martial. It's like fucking what happened to the detective? Remember when he was a detective? The world's greatest detective. Now I can fucking roundhouse kick you and like make myself invisible. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Well, I suppose it comes as no surprise. There's a twist ending, which we may have already given away. That the the, the, the phantasm uh, turns out to be the love interest who's Uh, come back. Andrea. Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) The place is wired to explode. (laughs) That was, was, uh, for that part, I was like, oh, 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 okay. Because it's a little prolonged, and it's like, it's going to explode. so much great dialogue in this. (laughs) When when the counselor, when, uh, because the Joker goes, sees the counselor, because he's like, well, I thought it was the Batman, but I saw in the video that there's some new guy, and then I remembered you, counselor, that you fucking turned in, you know, uh, the dude when, uh, and then... You know, I mean, I, I'll always remember that guy like laughing and staring. Like, you, you oh, always yeah. see the people dead with the grimace, but you never see him going through the toxin, right? Yeah, Where he's yeah. just like uncontrollably laughing. Yeah. Looks like he's having a great time. You know? <laughs> and then when Batman, like, they, they give him whatever to calm him down. And then as soon as he see the Batman shadow, he's got that, oh, no. <laughs> that is so fucking hysterical. Yeah, and I think I I don't know to me that's a good uh, it's a good detective plot twist right like ah you fucking liked Andrea Beaumont and you you know thought you were gonna like mm-hmm. the romance would be rekindled she's back in time you can pick up your old life for something but it's like no it turns out that well I don't know they're made for each other they're both creatures of the night who go after you know <laughs> yeah played yeah. by their parents yeah it's just yeah. another tragic moment for Bruce Wayne's life mm. yeah which rules because I like Put how it on the pile. I mean, to me, that's what Batman should always be. Batman wants to be Batman. Those around him want him to be Bruce Wayne. And I think that is where you come up with the strongest Batman story. Batman should be a tragic character. Fucking, like, no hope. Like, Alfred in this, where he's like, oh, Andrea Beaumont's back. I haven't seen you this whatever. And 
And I like, oh, there's that fucking. You just scene think where, you know everything about me. Yeah, he's like, will you be meeting with her after? You think you know everything about me, don't you, Alfred? <laughs> I die at your bottom. I bloody well up to, sir. <laughs> Once again, that's another one of those like Alfred rarely gets to step into like a father role to Bruce right, Wayne, yeah. you know. And I think it's about like even though like in like Chris Nolan's movies, I thought he was too much in the father role. I do like yeah. Alfred being a little disconnected, just mm. a tad. Well, there was a moment in this. It was kind of like. I was, it was the first time that Batman put on the ge- the gear, right? Yeah. And he turns around, you know, to Alfred because he's just made the. I didn't. Well, what I didn't get from this was the psychology of like the bat was a thing that scared me, so I'm going to become the bat. Is that from the comics or is that from? Yeah, the that's movie? always been from the comics. <clears throat> the, the bat's supposed to like fly in a window at night when he was a kid like or something yeah, like but that. They Batman. use this for the coming out of the right. So he's like, I need to scare them, so I'm going to you know dress up as a bat. Fear into and when he comes out of the shadow. And Alfred's like, my God, you know, I think the first time I saw that it was like, you know, well, he's in awe of the, you know, the the final thing, Mm -hmm. you know, though they do a squinty eye close up squinty, squinty but this time watching it, I'm like, I think Alfred's like, like, wow, you've actually gone through it. Like the guy that I know has gone through this, like you devoted yourself to this. (laughs) He puts on the dark side of yourself. His cape and his belt, and then he like just holds his hand out like yeah, a fucking yeah. mad scientist or something <laughs> like the cowl. Yeah, it reminds me of the scene in uh, uh, Tim Burton's Batman, the first one where the Joker's, you know, you know, mirror, mirror, yeah. <laughs> mirror, mirror. I did everything I could. You see what I have to work with. <laughs> but I also like how, you know, when Batman gets the cow, he looks at it. Like, I, to me, that is Batman. Batman is the death of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne does not exist. There is only Batman. There's mm-hmm. no there's no chance of love, no chance that he knows. I I, I either go all the way or, or uh, not Wayne, at all. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yeah. He's fucking dead. He died in that alley <laughs> with his parents. And this is the, we're saying that's part of the revision, the like the Frank Miller revision. Yeah, but I think this show did a lot to add to it because this show also not necessarily this show, but like in Batman Beyond, Justice League. Well, actually, fuck. Maybe yeah. In Frank Miller, they talk about in the Dark Legends of the Dark Knight. They talk about like a rift between Batman and Dick, and uh, that is Dick Grayson. <laughs> that, is, that is Robin, not yeah, Dick right. in general. Just Dick Grace. If you're with us this long, you know. Yeah, yeah, these cartoons, I think, really took that idea and really expanded on it to the fact that, like, Bruce Wayne eventually fucks up his relationships, even with his best friend, even with the people closest to him. He fucks up all his relationships because he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants him to be Bruce, but he's not. There is no Bruce Wayne. He is Batman. <laughs> Like Dick, I mean Dick. Grayson. I think that's why you see the Alfred being disconnected. Like that's a relationship he doesn't necessarily he fuck doesn't up. Treat him like a father. He doesn't, you know. Batman doesn't treat him like a father figure. He, you know, because Batman's fucking Batman. He's got his, you know, he's got the mission statement. My father's that. dead. Yeah. And there was a scene in this, you know, that I thought like underscored that point too, where like Alfred and and Batman were having a, you know, he said, you know. Uh, the idea that, you know, you're going out there every night and, you know, you're testing yourself against becoming the thing that you're going after. I mean, that is that, like, you're crazy, right? But I guess that's what we're saying. That's what makes him Batman and you aren't kind of thing is that Batman 
is able to like ride right up next to that line, well, but will never cross it. I guess, and that's you know, he's crazy for stopping crime. That's the one. That, like he's so driven to like, I have to fucking stop it. I can't stand another person dying in an alley. Like I have. He's that fucking like OCD. Yeah. You yeah. just can't stand it. That's why I do like how this movie shows like when Andrea Beaumont first meets him at the uh at the uh cemetery and uh she leaves, there's like the thunder strike, he looks up almost like a almost like he's gonna turn into a vampire because <laughs> then the cloud rolls over like ah, it's night <laughs> like Batman comes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about the scene as far as his OCD, where like those thugs are roughing up yeah. the guy in the under the bridge, and it's like yeah. I have to do something. I have to do something. And she's like, no, 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 don't you know, or whatever, come back in one piece. But it's like at some point, it's like you got to wonder if this guy's got a fucking death wish. I know that like, the idea and the myth is that he trains himself so well that, and they even you know, I guess give lip service to that in this movie that like I knew I had the edge when I fought them. So it's like you know that he's better than. His quarry, his prey, is yeah. you know whatever. I mean, that's the idea, right? That no matter what situation he's in, Batman's always the best fighter in the room. Yeah. So he's never going to actually lose. But you know, I guess that's you know maybe that's where they tried to bring in like some strokes of you know what real life would be like in the comics and in the movies that have you know come since then, where it's like, man, I mean, you have to be crazy to you know like just constantly throw yourself in harm's way like that. I think. Maybe. Yes. I mean, but like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think cops are crazy. I don't think soldiers are crazy. I mean, people do do that. They just set, even people with, I mean, that's why, that's why the best drama for any soldier or cop is the whole, like, my wife doesn't get that I have to do like the duty before the marriage is because right. I mean, that's yeah, the thing you are. have to decide one or the yeah, other. You, true, you yeah. have to put shit above. Yeah. If you're one of those yep. people, you have to put, uh, Others above your self-interest, period, right? That's why and people it, re-enlist four times over. It's also why, like, people become crooked, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, when, you know, you're, you're facing those major struggles of being fucking selfless and you're around shit that can make you, you know, right, yeah. whatever. And kill you in an instant, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, so that's why, huh? that's why Batman's awesome. Yeah. As a there crazy fuck. As a crazy, <laughs> yes. Please. They've never made is. Arkham Asylum, the comic, into a like animated thing, have they? I remember reading that one. I'd be really impressed with it. But that was part no, of the thing. It's like, you believe me, belong in here with us. I think that was the whole point of it. Right? Yeah. Was to, yeah, that's another. To show him that he's as crazy as they are. <clears throat> yeah, basically, that's what they ran, the first Arkham Asylum game. Yeah. Off that storyline. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, is that uh, Batman, the Mask of the Phantasm? Did we cover I think it? So. I think so. Well, then it's time to hail Igor. So, Igor, where are you at, sir? Masters! Masters, the mail! I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising. Rising. All right. Thank you, Igor. So, coming Man, at us. Still hasn't washed. <laughs> 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 Leaves a hanging odor cloud. You taste it. Right? 
Um, I like it. It's like a bell on a keg. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's coming. Uh, so G Money writes in from Twitter. We're on Twitter, by the oh, way. G Money at, uh, at Twitter. Uh, sorry, we're at Sat Freak Show on Twitter. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Write something in. We'll probably read it. Like G Money here. He says he's liking the recent episodes. Well, thank you. And uh, he's asking us to rank the. F- okay, so he wants to know what our thoughts of, are on Angus Scrim, who passed away uh, mm-hmm. within the past couple of weeks, and uh, if we can rank the Phantasm films. Number one. That's all I got. That's all I got. Number them. one. It's so funny that I've never really seen the Phantasm. Like, I've known, I've I've researched so many horror movies, but Phantasm never clicked with me. I mean, I think it's. Have you seen it? I've seen the first one. That's all I've seen of him. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm the only one here who's seen the. How many are there? Five? Four? No, there's three. The fifth one coming out. Yeah, yeah. He did film one. Yeah. And a restoration of the first one. Yeah, I think yeah the J.J. Abrams paid for the restoration, 4K of, the restoration of the first one. Uh, okay, so my shot at ranking them all. God, I can't. Well, I mean, I know I really like the first one, and that's the introduction to the mythology. So that one's, you know, at the top. The second one I disliked. I've tried watching it recently. Still don't like it. I think, and part of it is they swapped the main guy. James Legros plays Mike. Oh, really? In the in the second one. And then in the third one, the original guy from the first one comes back. But now I can't remember. One of the movies is primarily made up of footage that was shot for the first movie <laughs> mm-hmm. that they never used. Because they must have shot like just a lot of footage for that movie and then edited it down. And so, you know, now years later, they, you know. Yeah, I feel like that movie was stuff. created in the editing. It's still <clears throat> yeah, a movie. Yeah, I have there's no a lot of scenes with Reggie, on. the uh, ice yeah. cream man, wandering around. You know, contrasted with, I think he gets lost in, you know, whatever the other world. They have to go there. They find Angus Scrim before he was the tall man. And uh, so the third and the fourth ones are kind of wrapped together in my head, and I can't tell which one is which. One of them, they bring back the brother. Jody shows back up. I think they have, like, the whole gang together again at some point, and they may be in the fifth one coming up. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the first one. Followed by a combination the of the third and the fourth one and the second one way down at the bottom. But Angus Scrim, I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> outside of Phantasm, he seems to be defined by that role, right? Everything else that he ever got was because he was the tall man in Phantasm. Uh, incident on and off Mountain Road, the uh, Masters of Horror uh, episode. He was in, like, the off season. He was uh, He's done a bunch of stuff with um, the Larry Fessenden and the Glass Eye Pixies in, like, their... Um, uh, radio dramas, the tales from beyond the pale that they do and stuff like that. I mean, it seemed like he was, and I've seen him at a couple of conventions. He came around, seemed like a nice old guy. I think he had the opportunity to see himself as like in 1970 when, uh, when phantasm came out, he thought that he was, and maybe rightly wrongly, you know, uh, in the pantheon of the great movie monsters, he would compare himself to like, I don't know if he was comparing himself, but he would say, like, you know, there was Bela Lugosi, there's Boris Karloff, and we're continuing that tradition. So it's like you're putting, like, Angus Scrim with those old guys who played as, you know, the great movie monsters of uh, of Hollywood, of horror, you know? So I think Here. he's always going to have that spot. And uh, I want to say you, we Mike. also had something from Facebook, <clears throat> a user named... No, I don't think. Okay, I was gonna say you can't do a Nick Hammond comment. (laughs) Here, 
I know. Can't you know, where, where I interjected right myself. Yeah. I was like, my ass is here. Yeah, can that you talk movie. to yourself? Well, to comment on your comment, yeah, Nick, yeah, I'd like Nick. to say. I'm glad you were able to make it for this movie. <laughs> uh, Dom said about Only God Forgives. Ha ha. If Travis starts bashing a movie in the first five minutes of the podcast, I trust his judgment and won't go near this trash. <laughs> Thank you for your confidence. Yep. In me. <laughs> <laughs> say totally misplaced or uh, missing an awesome movie. No, okay. Oh, my God. No. Everybody <laughs> trashed How dare you? The majority I'm telling you, l- listening to that podcast, it, it, it felt like a mortuary, you know, <laughs> in my ears, man. It was like, this movie is so bad. Yeah. Now you have to see it to see if it actually is. Um, <laughs> so, Mask of the Phantasm, wrap-ups, final Ew. thoughts. Start with me, and we'll work our way around the table. Um yeah, I mean, I think I have pretty much said, you know, like my coming into Batman with, you know, with the my history with the character and seeing this, I think that at the time that I saw this movie for the first time in 1993, this was closer to what I wanted Batman to be uh, than the Tim Burton movies. I don't think I was ever really satisfied by them. Like, I remember even the first Tim Burton movie kind of being disappointed uh, at the end of it, it was like, I don't know if I wanted more of an action movie or something, maybe. And I don't think I got the character. I got the Joker. I didn't really get the Batman. Yeah. You know, that I wanted. Movie. And uh, seeing this was like more of what I wanted. For some reason, like I, I was always, you know, like at one point I wanted to do like a Batman fan film. I was actually trying to work this out because oh, uh, a local nice. um, like costume place had the Michael Keaton. I went in there and I saw the costume. Yeah, they did. So they like, have the cowl. Yeah, I remember seeing nice. that. So I'm like, nice. there's got to be a way we can rent that thing. We can make a movie. And I'm like, how would you do it? And I'm like, the Batman movie that I want to do <laughs> would be like, you know, this creepy fucking specter, you know, like that would lurk in the shadows and jump out and fucking scare the shit out of these, you know, uh, maybe, maybe like mobsters or something, right? <laughs> And this is kind of closer to it. And the Christopher Nolan ones, when they came out, I think like gave me more of what I want, you know, like my personal, what I want from Batman. So that's why, I, you know, sometimes we disagree on like Batman, but I think because I didn't he wants come from, Batman to fall in love and quit being Batman. Well, because I didn't come from the, the comic character as the background, my, my Batman's kind of been a little more fluid. And then want? it's like, this is what I want. You know, if I would do this character, this is how I would do him. And so that's why I respond to the ones that do it more, you know, like my own internal whatever so dreams. You don't want to be Batman. You'd rather you'd rather just have a wife and, and sit at home and not be Batman. You are that. Like, like dream no more, sir. Uh, not as myself. I'm saying dreaming of the character, not being. Oh God, I want to see you in a Batman costume now. I don't yeah, know why. I, mean, I just really do. do stick around. Like you know, I have to do something. Like you out in the back smoking. Just oh God, let's fight some crime. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, this movie, I think, uh, you know. Before, you know, like I said, before the Christopher Nolan movies, this was, I thought, the best. And I hadn't seen the show, so, you know, don't hold that against me. But I think it was the best representation of the character. And I wanted to see more of that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, the years have been kind to me and I got it. So I would recommend Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I think it still holds up. Am I going to say that? Yes. The animation is, you know, it is like TV animation over feature film animation. But uh, I think the the 
the story that's there, I don't think that gets old. And because it's set in like this timeless kind of, you know, time period, uh, you can watch it whenever. Mm-hmm. And it's not on Blu-ray. So apparently nobody agrees with me and at Warner I am Brothers. So on disappointed this, but, in that. You know, there you go. So Nick. All right. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh all I have to say is Batman. He he is an icon. And I, I you know, I I seriously think that, that Tim Burton made him the icon. Uh, because if there wasn't the Tim Burton Batman, we wouldn't have had the animated series Batman, which, you know, got more of the younger kids into it, you know, like myself <laughs> at that time. Uh, the the animation between the movie and the TV series was was shocking at, at, at that time where, you know, you just had what tiny tune adventures and stuff like that. <laughs> and all of a sudden they threw this dark, gritty Batman at you and in, in turn gave you backstories on everybody. Um, and then they came out with the movie and I had to go see that movie at the movie theater. So uh, uh, parents took me to it and to, to see that, that scope of Batman on the on the big screen, I thought was even better than when I seen the Tim Burton movie on the big screen. Uh, just because, uh, just I love the the art of of the series and and the movie. Um, it's all done. It's a, a black pages, and they they color from from the black up. So. Uh, that's how you get the, those the, the dark darks in those, and uh, <clears throat> every for me, Batman's everything. Uh, growing Are up, you in, Batman. <laughs> if you ask my wife, yes, <laughs> uh, I was Bat Dad before Bat Dad was a thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, I, I I would run around the house with the, the the mask on with the kids and all that, and you know, I was Batman. Did you ever see that? Was a, there's like a decal or a shirt or something that says "Always be yourself," unless you unless can, you can be, be Batman. Batman. If then you can be Batman. Batman. Always, always be Batman. Be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, if I'm lounging at home, I got my Batman pajamas, I have Batman slippers, you know, I even have a Batman onesie pajama thing, you know, that's got the cape on it and everything that I actually wore to a Comic-Con here in Chicago last year. Well, if you're going to wear it anywhere, Comic-Con's Exactly. That way I didn't feel, you know, too strange. But I would definitely say this is in my top three Batman movies. Uh, being number three, I would say the number one would probably be The Dark Knight, then followed by uh, Tim Burton's original, and then this one. And then I would probably say the, <clears throat> the just because I love the Adam West Batman, the Adam West Batman movie, <laughs> right oh, after that. Oh my God, that movie. Oh. Is that, is that on TV? Shark Repellent? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yes. it works on a robot shark. That's what <laughs> <laughs> never hear people talk about that. It's like, it's not that there's back shark repellent, but it's a robot shark. And, and, and just, and just this week, uh, Lego announced that they're releasing a big set of Adam West Batman really? figures. Crazy. Wow. You know, it's going to come with the whole Batcave and everything. Yeah, that's like coming because the Arkham, Romano, uh, Arkham Knight Joker. video game, you can unlock the Batman, the 66 mm-hmm. Batman mm. look. 
You can yep. be the Adam, Adam West Batman. What was it? Lego Batman 3 video game. There's a whole level where you play as the old Adam West. Well, he does nice. the voice. Yeah. And then, say, yeah. and when you like hit a guy, it'll go bang, pow, pow on the screen. <laughs> hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely say for this movie, I say see it. See anything Batman? Because uh, Batman's the man. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As far as Batman goes, um, I've always liked um, uh, how Batman has changed over the years. And I'm always, uh, like Colin said earlier, it's always kind of the person ready for the kind of the times to be put in it. Like he is a product of his environment at the top. I've always enjoyed watching his change over the years. <clears throat> Um, um, that's why I enjoy, you know, Nolan's Batman. I'm looking forward to the new Batman, the Ben Affleck Batman coming out in the movie. I think that's going to be good. I always enjoy to see something different from Batman over the years. But to me, I think classic Batman is this cartoon. It's what I grew up with. It's what I saw the most when I was a kid. Um, I, uh, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, even though I can remember specifically, seeing the trailer for this movie everywhere. And I can tell you like the beats from it, from the movie that were in the trailer. Um, I definitely recommend it. It's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's classic Batman to me. Definitely watch it. Yeah. I mean, I would actually say that the animated series, I mean, for me is the Batman that I know. Uh, I was always a Superman fan, so I never really dove that heavily into Batman except for movies, television, and, uh, you know, some comics here and there. Uh, mostly like uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, the more like anthology uh, type stories of his. But I think what Paul Dini and his team did was. I mean, they really did create something that was going to last and something that <laughs> defined a character. And I think that's why, I mean, the reason why Batman, I think, is America's favorite character is he's been on TV the longest. You know, <laughs> Superman was the best back in the 50s. You know, you had George Reeve, blah, 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 blah. But since Batman had the 66 show and the animated and it, like, so it's like, boom, automatically. Well, obviously, Batman's the best. He's, you know, he's... Uh, we just have more access to his stories. Uh, and uh, I wish I would have seen this movie in theaters. I've always loved this movie specifically because, I mean, as as you just heard me and Colin's little, it's like every fucking Batman movie, he wants to quit being bad. It's like, no way. This would never, in any Batman comic I've ever read, in any, he would never want to quit being Batman. That's like the absolute, I mean, why would you want your superhero to quit being a superhero? That sucks dick. <laughs> and like in every, I mean, the first Batman movie didn't do it, but, 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 uh, well, I don't think Batman Returns really did it either. He wasn't going to quit. But, like, Batman Forever, oh, Chase Meridian, some fucking psychologist was going to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Poison Ivy. But, it, like, it always seems like he wants to give up being bad. It's like, these people don't. I Like, I get that's drama, but that's just not the character. The character is, like, a Greek tragedy or something like that where it's like, dude, he is a dead person. He's, like, the man with no name. Or something like that. He, You don't know about his fucking tragic past. He's just this fucking dude going forward, going forward like Mad Max or something like that. Spoiler alert. Bale quit being Batman. 
What's that? Christian Bale quit being Batman. Well, he uh, he was a bad Batman. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm saying at the end of <laughs> Dark Knight Rises, he's no longer Batman. But that's what sucked about Chris. To me, that's what sucked about Chris Nolan's whole Batman series. I didn't buy that Batman. I'm like, who the fuck would dedicate like ten to fifteen, whoever many years, to become Batman just to be like, I want to get married. Man, love me, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. That's just not a good character at all, at all. Like, this movie had it where he's just like, I need to choose between this or this. I can't have it both ways. I can't be a fucking Looney Tune Batman. And, like, it's like, who would love you, right? Be like, you dress like a bat. <laughs> like, who would love you? You know? That's probably why Rachel went with fucking Harvey Dent anyway. And the fucking, like, fucking Batman. Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I can't just contribute money to the cops. <laughs> you know, taking fucking. He even screen. says that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, so this is my this is my Batman love story. The only love story, <laughs> except for Catwoman. To me, Catwoman makes sense yeah. because it joins him in his weird world, mm. where he would least likely find love is where he finds it. I think that's what and, makes Selena Kyle an, an important. Love and in the animated series, they really play into that uh, that love story with her. Yeah, they they for even sure. have. There's one episode where. Uh, uh, the Mad Hatter has him under hypnosis or something in a, like in a dream state. And it's in his perfect world. He was actually married to Selena Kyle. I remember and that his one. parents are still I alive. Oh, I love uh, in Legends of the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Returns where Bruce Wayne like meets like like the really obese Selena Kyle. And he still like <laughs> loves her, you know, even though she's just, like, <laughs> obese, like 60, 30 year old. I love it. So, uh, I mean, fat women need love too. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wasn't she a prostitute or something at that point? I think she's like a madam. Like she ran a, yeah. like a cat house. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 there it is. <laughs> so, my only problem with this movie, though, is there are episodes of the cartoon show that are animated better than this movie. Like, yeah. if you watch the Two Face origin. And I want to say the first uh, Robin episode, which was frustrating because the second part, like most of the really good episodes are two-parters. And Mm -hmm. usually both episodes are animated really fucking like a premium animation or just like the first part would be premium animation than the second part. And it kind of makes me a little like, eh. That this movie doesn't look like the premium animation from some of the fucking cartoon show. That's a little frustrating. That's why I'm like, was this supposed to be like a made-for-TV movie? And then they're like, fuck it. We got these kids in our pockets. <laughs> Put it in the theater. Because, yeah. I mean, it's still only 76 minutes. Mm. You know? I mean, to this day, the straight-to-video shit's all 76 minutes just because they know what. Eventually, it's going to be on Cartoon Network or some shit with commercials that's going to make like a two-hour-long mm-hmm. movie or something. Mm. Or an hour and a half long, whatever. So I just think, yeah, it's a little weird uh, that the animation isn't really up to par with what a quote unquote like movie, you know, especially with that the, the first year. That's what I'm saying. They had like this had to be like off the seat of their pants. Like we're a hit, make a movie, <laughs> right? And they're making it outside of the the shows they're already making. So I'm guessing they're like double stacked as far as yeah. shit they got to produce. They're just like ah. Yeah, so, but I've, yeah, I've always, I've always really liked this movie just because there are, like, pivotal, there's, like, those nuggets of gold to me in this movie that, 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 that is Batman more so than a lot of other stuff, and just the fact that 
a cartoon from 92 treats Batman with more um, realism than a majority of uh, Batman things I would even consider. But, I mean, it really was a pretty amazing thing, especially for a kid's cartoon. Mm, Fucking kid's cartoon. Yeah, definitely. Blew me away. You know? Got me addicted. And, I mean, you should watch it all. Like, if you follow the story of Batman through the animated shows... Like you, there's a storyline there. Even if you watch the Justice League cartoons, Justice League Unlimited, they actually wrap up like a big, but like kind of a Batman's last adventure. I want to say that's the uh, maybe the finale of the first season of Justice League Unlimited. Maybe the episode's called Epilogue, yeah. but the episode Epilogue ties in. Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, Mask of the Fan. That's the other episode that Andrea Boma shows up in hmm. because you find out that Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, is a clone of Bruce Wayne. And Amanda Waller, the head of this like underground uh, like shadow government, she understands that there cannot be a world without Batman. The world needs a Batman to keep basically Superman and all these gods in check. Right. You need a man that, that has, mm-hmm. you know... And so she, Amanda Waller hires, like after, after giving like this weird clone DNA shot to Terry McGinnis's father, that would create basically a clone of Bruce Wayne. She then hires Andrea Beaumont to kill Terry McGinnis's parents in front of him because you can't make a Batman without <laughs> tragedy, you know, but then Andrea Beaumont doesn't do it. Oh, you got to see the, the episode. Oh, damn. It's fucking great. Oh, it's <laughs> great. And it just like, it was just awesome to be like, mask of the phantasm. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it was, a. Uh, I mean, it really is like one of the greatest superhero things on television ever. And, uh, like, it'll probably never happen again. Yeah. Like, there will never be a Batman, nope. like, as good as this. No. I don't no. think. And, and, because even now. Oh, the Batmans they have out now dude, are they're just fucking horrible. ridiculous. Horrible. They look like fuck. They keep on trying yeah. to think, well, how do we get them younger? How they got, they got, younger? they got, what, the Batman they have. The Bat- Batman. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Now there's one just called Batman, and the art. I can't even explain the art style. Like <laughs> yeah. the way his, the the bat and the oval look <laughs> is fucking convoluted. It yeah. is convoluted. There's no sense to it. Period. It's just like the artwork looks horrible. There's been like two or three straight to DVDs, but fear not, folks. There's plenty more DC Universe straight to DVD Batman. I mean, like February. There's one called. Bad Blood coming out. That's about Bruce Wayne is missing. So it's it's up to Dick Grayson, Nightwing, and Damian Wayne to decide, well, who's going to become Batman? You know, Dick Grayson's going to have to fucking do it. That's going to be a great character. <laughs> so, yeah, see all the Under the Red Hood. I mean, these things, oh, yeah. aren't, these things aren't related to the animated series, but, like, Batman has great cartoons. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, he's got good stories, but... Uh, yeah, just uh, see Mask of the Phantasm, see all the Batman animated stuff. And, and Batman's going to beat Superman's ass pretty good? I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen either. <laughs> it might happen because they're talking about three Batman movies and not three Superman movies. It's going to get a few punches in. But. But I think that's because Ben Affleck can act. And Henry Cavill's like, you look good! You look good! <laughs> so that's Batman Mask of the Phantasm. So that means next week we're going to be watching Sean's pick. And Sean, what are we watching next week? Uh, we're gonna watch 
He's looking around the maximum like, overdrive. Yeah. Holy fuck! <laughs> That's what we're watching. That's a uh, thirty-year, right? Eighty-six to twenty sixteen. Yeah, my throat there you feels. Go. <laughs> Are you getting sick? Are you getting sick for a week? To. I'm not sure. For an entire week, I think it might last a week. <laughs> so Seven to eight days. <laughs> uh, so that's next week, and until then, the basement is going dark.